Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to The Dream Factory, a weekly podcast where we pit your movie ideas against our substantially superior cinematic masterpieces. The rules are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken to the next stage where it will replace whatever they're currently pumping out of the Hubble telescope and become the first sound alien life forms here from Earth. I'm Joel, a man who puts the gas in orgasm, and across from me is John, a man who has used Elnet hairspray since age three. Hello, John. Elnet, isn't that the baddie in the Terminator films? Uh, is it? Elnet, it's that, uh, is it's that the, plus no, it's no, the that's thin, It's the thin gold hairspray bottle. You must use hairspray. Look at it. You must do. I use clay. Actual clay. Yeah, real. <laughs> I make a bowl, pop it on my head. Pop it on your head. Nice. Well, I mean, it is a, it, it's not a bowl cut, but it's not a million miles away. It's quite a beast, cut. your hair, isn't it? It's like classic Bieber through a hedge. It's Bieber um, post-scandal. Post-scandal? Yeah, so like he's been caught in one of his scandals. Oh. so it's, Drugs, yeah. spitting, monkey. All, but, all things that have happened or he's been involved in. <laughs> Google any of those. Google the monkey thing. Mental. Genuinely mental. Well, for, for the sake of those who are too lazy to Google, can you... I'm not really sure he bought someone a monkey or he abandoned a monkey. I, I don't want to get too much into it. It happened in Germany. I don't know the details. Google it. Also, I don't want to really want to say the details. I don't want to speculate too much because I imagine, I imagine by a whisker, his legal team is better funded than ours. Because, yeah. Because ours is me, <laughs> and I, I don't really know what liability. How's that is. evening course going anyway? I stopped going. <laughs> I used the money you gave me for some crisps. <laughs> I did think 75p for a legal course is pretty good stuff. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't ask for more. I'm such an idiot. So, yeah, that's that. Google, Bieber and monkeys. We're, but that's not the point. That's not why we're here. No. That's our other podcast. <laughs> the Bieber Monkey Podcast. <laughs> the Bieber Monkey Podcast. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's been a real runaway success, actually. Um, it's kind of like Serial. We've, we've investigated really right down to the, kind of the nitty-gritty of this case. And we always thought Dream Factory would be our bread and butter. And the Bieber Monkey podcast would just be something we do for fun. Our White Dove. Yeah, but it's it's the biggest podcast in the world. It's it's really taken off. It's really taken off. I assume most of the listeners listening to this are only listening because 
they've heard us in the Bieber Monkey podcast. Absolutely, and and it kind of in the in the world of true crime and podcasting, it it, it really does go S Town serial, Bieber Monkey podcast, and and they're in um they're in ascending order. In terms of reviews, listener figures, production quality, and importance of the case. Well, because everyone thought like. Serial came along and it changed the landscape of podcasting. My dad wrote a porno came along. It changed the... But no one was ready for Bieber Monkey Podcast. No, no one was ready for it. No one saw it coming. Thanks to Bieber Monkey Podcast, podcasting is bigger than cinema, TV and radio put together. Absolutely. And uh, what's re- what was really amazing was your commitment to um, to becoming a monkey. Well, I had, to, I had to work out how the crime happened. Yeah. You put yourself in the mind of Bieber... What was left? John John was so convincing that Justin Bieber actually tried to adopt him at one point. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I think I think that's pretty libel free. The edit will certainly be libel free, so that's fine, isn't it? The edit. You saying that I have to edit everything you said? Let's say. So the list, listener, because I probably edited it all out. All of the allegations that Joel just there was there's about fifteen minutes of Joel just saying things that Bieber apparently did that I've had to take out. Things that people aren't ready to hear. <laughs> But I need a forum. Well, whilst investigating the Bieber Monkey podcast, you've you've discovered a lot more stuff that Bieber, mostly animal-based adoption crimes. I mean, look, you can edit it out of here all you like. All I'm saying is, wait for my TED talk. <laughs> it's gonna it's a TEDx talk. I won't lie to you. Which I think a TEDx talk is just one you can do off your own back. Is that right? Yeah, I've people go, oh, I did a TED talk, and then someone will go, you did a TEDx talk. Yeah, like it was like it's a real slur. Yeah. I think I TED Talks you get invited to do, TEDx Talks. You can just sort of shout at people in a park and call it a TEDx Talk. We should or at least I have. <laughs> <laughs> you like go, you walk over to people having a picnic and you go, you're probably wondering why you're all here today. <laughs> today I'm going to talk to you about yeah. Bieber Monkey. I'm going to change your life in 15 minutes. I've always thought that life-changing thing is like a bit of an odd one. When they go, oh yeah, how was the film? It was life-changing. Well, I mean, you spent an hour and a half in a room that you, met, you wouldn't have otherwise, so that changed your life. To that extent. So you think everything you do is everything life Everything you do is life Jam changing. on toast this morning changed my life. Yeah, it did. Because I won't die. It provided me with some sugar and energy. Yeah. And maybe that... But, I mean, it kind of it kind of strips away things that you would actually consider genuinely life-changing, though, doesn't it? Because what do you describe those as? You can't go, that cup of tea was life-changing. And then also, that skydive was life-changing. Yeah. Oh, I think... Because your life's being changed all the time, mate. Uh, spoiler alert, your life isn't the same constantly. Yours is as near to that as possible, but... but but your life isn't always the same. It's weird because uh, all the people that I've tried to explain this to, um, particularly those when I tell them just after they've told me about how life-changing, you know, their first child was. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, yeah, everything's yeah, life-changing, everything's life changing. mate. Fuck off. Get over it. Stop showing me those photos. <laughs> I won't hold it. Um, <laughs> we should make some films. Let's do it. Hit me with one. Uh, so, uh, Hyun Jarris would uh, like to suggest... Who? Hyun Jarris. I think it's uh, Dutch... Uh, would like to suggest Bieber Monkey the movie. <laughs> no, weird. Don't me- don't mention that because we are in talks with some production companies. We don't want to jeopardise it. Yeah, but, Netflix uh, ten part documentary. <laughs> Bieber Monkey. Bieber Monkey. Um, right, Daryl Smith. Batman versus Superman versus Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason. Right, there's a lot going on there. But ten fifteen years ago, you'd have said that's too many characters on the screen. <laughs> Avengers movies have not it out of the park, right? You can have, you can basically now have as many characters on the screen as you like. Yeah, and it's fine. This is a pathetic six. Before the year two thousand, John. Yeah. It was believed in Hollywood that more than four characters would confuse the average human brain. 
Think about it. We're so dumb. Think about it. Name me a film pre-2000 with more than four main characters. You can't? No, you can't. You can't. So there aren't any. End of. Yeah. You're thinking Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's only four characters in that. Name the others. You can't. <laughs> anyway, I think that might be post-2000. Are you suggesting... The real watershed moment. <laughs> you know that they're making a new Ocean's film with an all-female cast and it's called Ocean's 8. Are you suggesting that they think people have dumbed down so they need less characters? So by the end, it'll be Ocean. It'll just be Ocean. <laughs> I was also thinking 12 Angry Men was a thing. Yeah. But that's actually just three sets of four. It's quite clever what they did there. <laughs> yeah, so now we can have as many main characters as we like on the screen. It's absolutely fine. The next Avengers film, everyone's in it. <laughs> like... Everyone in Marvel is in it, yeah. apart from the ones they don't own. So Guardians of the Galaxy are going to rock up, Thor's there, the whole gang are there, Spider-Man's going to be there. It's going to be ridiculous, but I'm sure they'll manage it. Yeah. So this doesn't even seem like a fucking challenge. What is it, like six guys? Yeah. That's, average, that's like average stuff, this day. That's, if anything, that's not enough. Yeah. What are the other verses? Kramer maybe? versus Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, I think it's like a legal marital dispute. So one. read it to me again, but with Kramer versus Kramer in it. Batman versus Superman versus Alien versus Predator versus Freddy versus Jason versus Kramer versus Kramer. Now we've got a film. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, courtroom drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Batman versus Superman, actually, like, the thing that they tried to do was uh, in the the Man of Steel movie, a lot of the criticism placed against that was the fact that it was a 45-minute two men throwing each other against buildings not enough nuance and so the beginning of Batman vs Superman they kind of place uh, Bruce Willis <laughs> within the kind of debris of what's happening when yeah. these two are fighting each other to give you kind of a perspective because lots of people uh, basically the general idea is that there's just this mindless violence and no one actually has any consideration mm-hmm. for who does and actually I read an article recently about the fact that Marvel films the body count in Marvel films are huge, and these are essentially kids' films. Yeah, it's kind true. of mad. So yeah, maybe it is a courtroom drama where we talk about the amount of people who die at the hands of these guys, or it's a really, really gritty courtroom drama. We actually the the protagonist is the judge, and okay. these are actually three, four separate legal cases. Amazing. That yes. he's proceeding over over nice. the course of. It's like a biopic, and. Uh, the judge is like, well, I guess you could really kind of section my life off into four separate legal cases that really, really yep. changed my life. Amazing. More than the toast I had this morning. <laughs> uh, Batman v Superman. That is the case, as we just said, of uh, who is responsible for all of the destruction that happens in that movie. Alien versus Predator. Who uh, has custody of Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. Uh, hmm. Something about dream ownership. I don't really know. I don't think who's Jason. If Jason's the hockey mask wearing one. I think it might be Halloween. Friday thirteenth. No, Friday thirteenth. Halloween's Mike Myers, which is too confusing, isn't it? They use it as a joke, don't they? In um, what's it called? Baby driver. Yeah, yeah, they do. But it's nice generally something I got confused growing up with. It's similar to me. So it's almost as though my brain isn't able to process that there. are there's, it's possible for there to be two people with the same name so the whole Steve McQueen thing yes I wasn't aware there were two Steve McQueens um, so the so, long dead Hollywood actor yeah so I thought he directed 12 Years a Slave became a British guy making great yeah, films I'd never seen Steve McQueen the director okay. and so I assumed that the man from The Great Escape directed 12 Years a Slave and I, I, I think <laughs> that's shame. fine pardon 
and Shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fassbender's Willy movie. That's all I know. And I just thought, but I thought he'd, Clint Eastwood did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it kind of makes sense, right? Ish. And I, and I, it's just weird how obsessed with British and Irish culture he became. And I, and I thought, and I thought Mike Myers did some murder. S- some serious. I didn't know that the character was called Mike Myers, so I thought Mike Myers was just in the Friday Star. the Thirteenth movies. No, Halloween movies. Um, yeah. So it just confuses me. And when people talk about wearing a Mike Myers mask, I just always imagine Austin Powers. So I've got this issue personally with I don't like horror films. I'm not big on 80s action films, which is like where a lot of people think, oh, if you're a film fan, you have to have watched all good horror films and all 80s action films. And so they think that I know nothing about cinema. And this doesn't help because this is you've got two 80s action films and two classic like slasher horror films. Yeah. So I have no idea what's going on. I can tell you what's happening in Batman vs Superman, but the rest and Kramer versus Kramer. But these guys, moon. Nice. Well, the judge is telling the story anyway. Yeah. I think we've covered that off pretty nicely. It's a biopic from the judge. He's going from case to case. I'd love to. I'd love to be on a fly on the wall on the uh, Alien versus Predator case, though, because I'm not sure that they have a really specific grasp on the English language. So that would really make for some sort of translator. They figure it out. I'd like to see the sketches from that courtroom. The alien keeps eating his, her translators. Good fun. Next film. From Steve Lowe, Crouching Tiger, Pete's Dragon. Nice. Okay. Oscar-winning. Oh, go on. Yeah, you saw the recent one. I the, cried. Were you hungover? Yeah. Okay, fine. I think I was. Well, so, was, actually, can I just clarify? There's nothing wrong with crying. I'm not saying you have to be hungover to cry. <laughs> I'm just saying the fact you cried at a Disney film makes me think you were probably hungover. So, in my last job, I worked in children's radio. And one of the perks of the job was going to screenings for every kid's film. And they're on a Sunday morning, always. Have you ever been to one? Uh, no. 10 a.m., Sunday morning, free breakfast, tea and coffee, sit and watch the film. It's actually like an amazing way to spend your Sunday. It would also mean, quite often, the Saturday night before, I had a few shandies. So I'm quite raw and emotional the next day. So I have cried like in the space of a year at all the kids' films, like Kubo and the Two Strings, Peach Dragon... The other ones that came out that year. I'm just a little weepy man. And you don't think you're a crier? You don't think it's just because... Um, yeah, I, films do uh, do get me occasionally, but I can't imagine another context I'd watch Peach Dragon and really weep. But I, I was probably like, floods. Peach Dragon missed me both times. So yeah. I don't know the plot entirely. But I know that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like, you know, Oscar-winning uh, martial arts film. Beautiful people define the laws of physics. Yeah. To fight. Peach Dragon. Yeah. Lad is with his mum and dad. They have a car crash. They both die. This happens in the first scene, kids' film. Pete ends up in the forest where he finds a dragon and they grow up together. And then you have the inevitable, like, deforestation and man, like, breaking them up and that sort of stuff. Uh, So somehow they have to combine. There are definitely fight sequences in forests. So maybe they're fighting the machine then. Okay, nice. So they come to the rescue. The people from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, they train Pete in the arts, the martial arts. On like, of like running on leaves and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. which one's that? Jiu-Jitsu or? <laughs> I mean, what belt, what colour belt is that when you, when you can brown run on leaves? Brown belt, brown. You don't want to know what you can do for black belt. What can you do? Run on air. air. Yeah. Probably, let's be fair. Because those leaves aren't ca- aren't holding you up much, but they're just a little bit. They're giving you a little bit of push. Something there, push, yeah, yeah. And then you can fly, basically, once you black belt in <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, martial arts. 
So the, I assume this is all a metaphor and stuff. The dragon's not real. No, the dragon exists. Oh. Yeah, the dragon exists, yeah. It's an actual dragon. Like a fire-breathing... Yeah, like a real dragon. Yeah, yeah. And it can talk? No. So why are they friends? That's a bit That's a bit speciesist. Of yeah, it isn't a bit speciesist. Um, and also, you've kind of... Impl- yeah, I, there's a universal language there of, of love. Yeah, I mean... The, the Hence, th- Weepy Joel. And also the, the, great, the free pastries were sensational. Oh really? Yeah, top top. You pastry. can the thing about screenings is you can you can judge how good or bad the film's going to be by how much free stuff there is in the foyer. That's the thing, isn't it? I can, I guess that's the theory. They're buying you. That's pardon. They're buying. That's you. the theory. Yeah, but it kind of goes out the windows of kid films because there's always kids there to entertain, which also normally means that I'm like elbows out trying to get to a desk so I can build my own mask. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit in the film with the big mask I made. Yeah. Uh, right, should we move on to another one? Yes, please. What about Heather Ann with, weirdly, kind of vaguely re- relevant to what we were talking about earlier, 12 Angry Men in Black? Now we're talking. <laughs> that This is it. This is what the film I was born to make. I'll tell you why. I, I've seen both films. I can recall both films pretty well. <laughs> I'm we sat did here, it! <laughs> I'm sat here thinking about when I watched Peach Dragon, I'm hungover, and the dragon was definitely real. Beyond that, I don't really remember it too yeah. much. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I literally just remember them dancing on leaves. Men in Black, I can pretty much remember start to finish. Perfect. Twelve Angry Men, I can remember start to finish. Not difficult, they're in a room. Yeah. The whole film. It's a classic, right? It's a great film. But, as we discussed earlier, four people at a time. Yeah. The ca- in the shot that you would only... Watch it again, watch it back. Yeah. Watch it back. Uh, yeah. we, we're not you wasting your time. See if you can count twelve. There's only four in, this, there's only four in the room at any one time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Imagine- as, as it should be. <laughs> Imagine if, imagine if we started like a what's it like um what's the th- what do they call them theories conspiracy uh, theory a conspiracy theory that up until the like the eighties there was only ever four people on screen at any one time. So it's not it's a not- conspiracy theory, mate. The evidence is there. So, twelve angry men in black. What are you thinking? Are you thinking that the men in black are in a room for the duration of a film like this, presiding over something? Yeah. Or have they got twelve new recruits in, and they're pissed off about something? alien related and they, they're they out there trying to fight it well I think we should uh, exercise both ideas because I, I really like the first idea but I, I'm not sure whether we can sit here discussing the idea of one person trying to convince 11 other people that something is, is or isn't the case yeah Will Smith's got to talk around 11 other recruits who think that an alien committed a crime when actually it was a human yeah right something like that I much prefer the more literal thing that I think we've got to do, which is... Well, because the whole thing is... The whole Men in Black thing is they recruited Will Smith because he was like a... He was like a skillful youth. Yeah. But, you know, skilled youths, as another stereotype, are quite angry. They're angsty teenagers, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So I think there's definitely something there. So what happens, John? Uh, I'll take what you just said and I'll Make ignore it. What happens is this. Tommy Lee Jones is back in the fold. Yeah. Because he sort of comes back from Men in Black 3. He's back in the fold. And they're like, look, you can retire, but we need you to train 11 new recruits. Will Smith's already there. So they go out. Excellent. And these are always the best mon- uh, films with an entourage in. The best bit is always getting the band together, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. So we get these 11 recruits. They're being trained up. They're loving Tommy Lee Jones. Like, he's amazing. He's the best boss they've ever had. And he's showing them the ropes. You know, he's burning their fingerprints off, but they don't mind it. <laughs> but then they enjoy it. They'll do it for Tommy. Yeah. They love Tommy. Everyone there loves Tommy. Aliens invade Earth straight away. Shoot Tommy in the head. Bang. Fuck. 
dead. So the hero's gone. Will has to come out of his office job because he's high up in the Men in Black ranks now. He's, he's a pencil pusher. He's a pencil pusher, yeah. He's brought out of there. He take he gets the 11 new recruits. They're all pissed off because Tommy's dead. Yeah. They have to fight the alien race. I like this. It's also a a flip on what you'd expect. I would have expected Tommy Lee Jones to be the one getting more senior and being a pencil pusher and Will Smith still being out in the action and yeah. lovable. So I quite like that. You've kind of flipped it on his head. It's pretty you clever what I did there, wasn't it? You didn't mean to. No, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> what will happen is I'll just sort of speak um, and I'll look at the recording and think, that's probably enough time for this one. And then just stop speaking. <laughs> Little insight there. There we go. Uh, should we have one more from people? Yeah, hit me with it. What about this one from Rachel? Tom Cruise is a dentist working on patients with poor dental health. Mission inflossible. So I like it. Now, this there's something good in this because mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, you look at him, right? You see those pearly whites. You think perfect, but they're not, are they? He's got a middle tooth and it's so weird. So I don't know if people know this. But Tom Cruise's teeth aren't symmetrical. No, they are symmetrical. They're perfectly symmetrical, which is weird. No, they're, but they're, oh. they're not, are they? Because the perfect symmetrical set of teeth would be the same either oh, side. Sorry, yeah. And, they, and the, 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 uh, the front two teeth, the line, kind of you want it to be sort of in the line with your in nose, center, right? Yeah. Look at a picture of Tom Cruise. He's just got one middle tooth in the middle where you'd normally have the front two. And it's fucking weird. And when you see it, you can never unsee it. And that is the weirdest thing about Tom Cruise. <laughs> we break it wide open. Also, on this, Mission Inflossible, I think there has to be... Tom Cruise is very good at playing a man out of his depth who yeah. then becomes a hero. What more perfect a man out of his depth than a dentist who has to defuse a bomb in someone's mouth? Nice, nice. Uh, how's the bomb got into the mouth? And where are they? I'm assuming they're not in the dentist surgery. And also, you've got a really nice introduction there where it's like Tom Cruise being cool Tom Cruise. He's a really successful high-flying dentist. You get to see him going into work, being amazing at being a dentist. But yeah, then he gets caught up. Maybe like his wife has a job um, working for the Secret Service or something like that. She's kidnapped. Yeah. He has to employ every one of his dentistry skills that you've seen in the first 15 minutes uh, in order to save her. Or, alternatively, he he's got messed up with some wrong people and I'm not sure how I'm like that bit out but it's there's something quite jigsawy about it so it's he basically gets knocked on the back of the head wakes up and he's in he's in basically a building where he has to use all his dentistry skills to do stuff like um, diffuse bombs in people's mouths maybe they're people he loves this yeah. is quite brutal yeah I'm loving that that's great um, I mean I think um, a mob boss comes into his surgery yeah uh, and he works on him but then he the mob boss takes a phone call and he the mob boss thinks there's like patient doctor confidentiality but Tom Cruise goes to the police and he also takes a call whilst uh, Tom Cruise is drilling yeah yeah. breaks yeah. one of his fillings so he's even more pissed off toothache yeah you don't want to give a, a mob boss toothache. the last person you want to give toothache is a mob boss trust me <laughs> uh, yeah Mission Inflossible awesome take it on now, have you brought something to the table? I've brought something to the table. I've brought something to the table. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah. The real issue here is that I sort of come up with a title and then sort of let it lie. So I'm just going to say some words and I would like your reaction, please. Okay. A Clockwork Orange is the new black. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've seen A Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. I've not seen Orange is the new black. Lady Prism. Is that what they call it? It's set in a female prism, right? I've seen a few episodes. Yeah. Everyone loves it. A Clockwork Orange... Everyone loves it. 
All female Clockwork Orange. Surely that's where we're, where we're headed here. So they're in a women's prison. No, no, they're not. They're oh. not. It's just an all female Clockwork Orange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get arrested at the end. And they get and they go to prison, and that's where Orange is the New Black starts. Recently, there was like this weird double backlash with the. Um, they announced a female remake of Lord of the Flies when. I had already come up with the perfect remake of Lord of the Flies. Yeah. So I don't know why they did that. Annoying. It's uh, weird that you weren't consulted. <laughs> um, and it was interesting because the idea of Lord of the Flies is about kind of like young masculinity and how it can be toxic. So changing the gender and keeping the plot exactly the same. Upset, like annoyed people who were like, oh, it's PC gone mad making a female version of thing. Mm-hmm. But it also annoyed people on the other side of the the argument because they were saying well no this is actually a film about issues with masculinity so then to make it women takes that message away so there was an interesting double argument and I don't know whether A Clockwork Orange is about masculine toxic masculinity and I think it is a little bit Uh, so will we get in trouble I think oh maybe we will get in trouble with the film guys so it's not going to win. That's all I'm saying. I liked. I liked the pun. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't ever think past the pun. <laughs> when I'm thinking of the puns, John, I'm not thinking of the greater political context. Yeah. So what you should do? Pun, greater political context. Yeah. Can it make a movie? Yeah. Okay. So next time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For me? Mm-hmm. So do you remember the film Watchmen? I do. Based on the graphic novel that is apparently... S- infinitely superior I haven't read it so I can't it's supposed to be like the best isn't it it's listed in like the best books ever not even the best graphic novels ever yeah it is isn't it Um, there is a character called Dr. Manhattan yes and he essentially is like all powerful like to he like he knows the past and the future he like has control over everything like it's stupid levels of power post Superman levels it kind of makes the whole thing irrelevant really if he was to exercise any power yeah it's a bit of a weird one and um there is a sequence in there where the comedian is fighting in Vietnam and Dr. Manhattan comes and just obliterates just all the enemies. Yeah. Just like makes them stop existing essentially. Yeah. 
What if that was a cow? Apocalypse cow. <laughs> I was I was kind of It works of... on levels cuz it's a Vietnam movie. Yep. I put a cow in it. Eat and it's an apocalypse cow. Apocalypse cow. I like it. I like it. I, I was actually cow. hoping for um uh made in Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> and uh Dr. Manhattan's down on his luck and he can't find work anywhere so he has to take up a cleaning job. But he's really fucking good at it. He, he would he would render all jobs obsolete. Yeah. Oh yeah, can you clean these apartments? I've oh, done just it. clean the whole world. <laughs> yeah. N- next. But there's also a love story going on with Jennifer Lopez. Ah, so it's quite nice. And he doesn't want to do the whole click and make the whole world clean because then he'll put Jennifer John. Lopez out of a job. John, he can clean the world, but he can't understand love. He can't. No. It's a thing in the actual Watchmen film, isn't it? He doesn't exactly. He so doesn't get it. He doesn't get emotions. Apart from when. Because he's so logical. When he meets J-Lo. When he meets J-Lo, exactly. And it all changes. Do- made in Dr. Manhattan. I prefer Made in Dr. Manhattan to... I'm sorry to have hijacked cow. your um, apocalypse well, cow. I, I still like the idea of a cow running through the fields of Vietnam, big and blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Did you... In Watchmen, uh, one of the things about it is... Because he's like... He's just a blue being and he doesn't have clothes. Mm-hmm. So, like, throughout the film, he's just walking around with his, his knob out. His, yeah. His blue knob. Yeah. Except for when he does, like, TV appearances where he just... I always find it funny because I swear he just then opts for, like, a thong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not like, I won't put on a suit. I'm gonna, you know, I'll cover up the minimum I need to cover up. <laughs> TV appearances. So stupid. <laughs> it's, like, wh- why, why about being a big blue entity has made him decide, I'm going to be naked? Well, not just sure. Thought, it's just hard I'm, to find anything to suit you. Blue, blue is a hard colour to pull off. It really is, yeah. It clashes with all his clothes. Exactly. What's he wearing? It's so hard. <laughs> Can't wear black shoes. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, and that. Oh, and when he goes on his first date with J Lo, he can't work out what to wear. Oh. So he, he opts for the thong again, yeah. but she's embarrassed because it's a formal dinner <laughs> with her parents. <laughs> this has got legs. I'm telling you. Um. A rom-com with a godlike entity that doesn't understand love. It's not been done before. No, exactly. And and it's difficult to find something, a path that hasn't already been trod when it comes to rom-coms. So well done, us. Thanks, me. And thanks, me. Right, and that uh, brings us to the end of our time here. As ever, there's a, a rap on the studio door. Someone's about to come in. Um. And there's a blue glow outside that window, John. I mean, Frank, I think he can walk through doors. So the fact that he's actually given us the decency to knock. It's polite. We've had this before with Dr. Manhattan. We always try and convince him that he's, uh, he's actually shown up early for his, uh, for his booking. But obviously, he knows all things. Has the decency to knock, but not the decency to hide his big blue cock from Put me. it away! Uh, until next time, John, a pleasure. Pleasure. Bye. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.